0: Welcome to Outside the Music Box. I'm Emma Williams. And I'm Chloe Prendergast. We're so glad you've joined us today. We're both violinists based in the Netherlands and have created this podcast in our search to find fun new ways to share and talk about music we love. Each episode, we explore a different piece of music through the eyes of a guest musician. Our goal is that you don't have to be a total music nerd to enjoy this podcast, so we put little explanations of technical terms, some background info, and excerpts of the music we're talking about throughout the episode. If we miss anything, definitely let us know and we'll clarify in future episodes. We've also linked some Spotify playlists in the show notes with all the music we talk about, so you can go and enjoy for your own listening pleasure. We also have a quick correction to make before we get started today. Back in Rob Nan's episode, we talked about the Boston Early Music Festival doing the first full production of Stephanie's opera, Niobe, back in 2014. However, we just got a message that this opera was actually staged and performed first in 2010 in Common Garden with Balthazar Neumann Ensemble, so there you go.
1: Today's guest is French soprano Julie Rosé, who brought in two arias Infelice di Donne by Sigismondo d'India and Ah, Douce Enfant from Jules Massenet's opera Cendrillon, which is French for Cinderella. I met Julie this past year while doing an album recording and tour together with Holland Baroque of beautiful and unknown 17th century Dutch music. This recording, called Brabant 1653, is actually being released right now. We'll put a link to where you can purchase it in the show notes if you want to check it out. Also, a couple of things to know before we start. In her introduction, Julie refers to ADOS at Juilliard. This is short for the Artist Diploma in Opera Studies at the Juilliard School of Music in New York City, which is a two-year training program she is in right now. She also talks about studying the theory of old music in Geneva, Switzerland. It's common for musicians in conservatory to study not only practically how to sing or play, but also to understand the historical context and the way the music is composed. In other words, the theory behind the music. Especially with Renaissance and Baroque music, you have to learn how to read the different ways they notated music in the old scores.
0: This show is fully listener-supported, so please consider donating via our PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash outside music also linked in the show notes. We really appreciate the support so we can keep the show running and so we can pay our lovely friend Magic Jojo for her help with her editing. Thanks for joining us and enjoy this episode with Julie and some awesome Arias.
1: Hi, Julie. Hi. (laughs) Um, On this podcast, we have our guests introduce themselves. So, do you
2: mind starting by introducing yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Julie, Julie Rosé. Um, I'm a singer. Uh, for now, I am specialized in Baroque music. I went to Geneva uh, in the um, in the university then, in the School of Music, uh, in order to really learn uh, the theory because I didn't want it. I loved that music, Renaissance and Baroque, but I didn't want it to do that, to sing that, and to not be able then to read a score of this time, to know the things of... About how they were doing that, so I really wanted to. I'm not really good in theory, but mm-hmm. even I know how to do that, and I have informations. So I, I learned that a little bit. So for me, this was really important, and now I have been taken to Juilliard School, um, in the AD program, AD um, OS, so for the opera. So we are eight singers. This is for two years and now I'm gonna concentrate on um, being an actress uh, in the same time as a singer. So how to be in the emotion without hurting myself with, um, with the, the technique and how to be true uh, in the, um, how to find in, a, in an, an area the, the real and the, the true heart of the piece. Uh, about the emotion of the character at this moment so this is really um, important and then we have classes where we have to free the body because when you stress for singers for me for example um, I really um, block I don't know if you say like that I mm. block my back at the, the lower part when I am in audition and that I, I'm really stressed so we are learning how to to free the body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that like g- gives us so many things to talk about, like
1: <laughs> given right away. Also, you are are you moving to New York this week? Yeah, on Thursday.
2: We just catch you like right. Oh my God. I'm excited. Wow. I, I've been beginning Juilliard schools um, and all the classes by Zoom since August. Ugh. Um, then I thought that I could go there in October, so I took an apartment there, and now I am paying the apartment, but I am not there, so I tried to sublet. Uh, yeah. But with everything with Trump and the COVID, I was like, maybe it, it is safer to stay, and I think now it's okay because yeah. And
1: you had like you had other things to do here in Europe, also. Yeah, but-
2: it's I, I have to work, but I, I also want really bad to be there because. Uh, I I came back as a student, and I know I have things to learn, and so like that I can really concentrate on the new things that I want to learn, and not do everything like a little bit and a little bit. I prefer to yeah. do the, the whole for four months. I just do that, and then next year the same, and like that when I go go back in for for work, I will be just yeah better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds amazing. Um, and so you've actually brought a couple of pieces today or arias. Yeah. Um, they're both quite different, um, which is great and both amazing. Maybe should we start with the um, dindia? India?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Um, the the dindia is because uh, I did a recording this uh, September um, with an ensemble that I really love, Capella Mediterranea, uh, directed by uh, Leonardo Garcia Alarcón he we met both of us met uh when i was at at school at geneva because he was teacher there and i was 19 and um he had a crush on my voice and on my (laughs) musicality. yeah it was he (laughs) said and so uh we did a concert with the school and his wife was here and then she she asked me to sing in her album so at 19, I did my first CD. It was a duet with her. And everything began like that. And then I did concerts with them. I did all the CDs. And this CD is a really um, an album with uh, Mariana, so his wife. And we are both of us singing. So we have solo parts and duet parts. And it's really, I really didn't knew a lot that composer. And we had several pieces, each of us, and one lamento per person.
1: Okay, we are about to give you a huge amount of quickfire background information. Hopefully, it helps make the next part of this chat make more sense. The aria Julie brought in, in Felice di Donne, was written by an Italian composer, Sigismondo di India, who was born in 1582, so a long time ago. At this time, the most famous composer in Italy was Claudio Monteverdi, who is credited with writing the first opera. But D'India was also a prolific composer who wrote in a lot of different styles. This piece is a solo madrigal and is a lament from the Greek story of Dido and Aeneas. Dido is the queen of Carthage. She falls in love with the Trojan hero Aeneas, then he abandons her, which is the part of the story where this lament takes place. Just a quick note that Julie uses the French pronunciation, Didon and Aene, instead of the anglified Dido and Aeneas. A lot of composers over the centuries have written music for this lament the most famous being by 17th-century English composer Henry Purcell, which we talked about in Francesco's episode. Here's a bit of that version.
0: As you just heard, Purcell's version has an obvious melody, whereas D'India's version is in a style that alternates between recitativo, which is more of a speech-like way of singing, and aria, which is more melodic. The entire piece has a lot of freedom for the singer to move faster and slower through the music based on the emotions and gestures of what they're singing about.
1: Julie is about to talk about the type of voice she has and the way voices change as singers get older. This is a really cool thing because it means that singers like actors get to play different roles as they age because their voices change. Julie is still very young, and this particular lament is sort of a new thing for her, as both the music and character are for a full-grown woman.
2: And when I discovered this piece, I was, because I, um, most of the time people are saying that I have an angel voice.
0: Angel voice, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, (laughs) because it's really light, and I'm always the first soprano. And this was really the um, I really wanted to show in this piece another aspect because it's Didon. And we can see in uh, Didon and Enne of Purcell, she it's a, it's a grown-up woman. You know, she, she have, have been in, through things and um so it was quite a challenge to to be able to show it because it's always recitativo and then a little area but it's not written on the score you have to find that you have to you have to find the the different tempos because of the emotion so um the, the the classes that I was doing in AD helped me a lot to find that to be just in the emotion to work on the text only at the beginning I work on the text and I say okay so here she's talking about that she's feeling that so the tempo has to be that like there are some times where she's like scream, screaming, but why, why did you leave? Well, I don't want to be without you. And just after she's like, but please come back. She's like praying him. So it's really different. And I love, I, I'm so proud of the end because I was like, how can I do that? Because she's dying. And so I was just singing like that, whispering, singing.
1: And can you talk us through the, the story? Because it's this classic story of Dido and Aeneas. Can you tell us? Tell us the story of what yeah, happened. So
2: um, it's Dido is, um, is a woman and she, fall, she she falls in love with uh, Ene. But they're the witch <laughs> who doesn't want them to be together. So she she's saying like, okay, but Ene, you have to leave because there's war. She She's doing like some tests and things like that. And so then he leaves and he's letting um Dido alone. And so, many composers uh, are really concentrating on that spot because she's like so sad, and and so this is where uh, the um, the lamento begins for for uh, the India, because he just left her, and so she's calling him. She so sometimes she's calling him like really angry, and sometimes she's calling him like with in love because she said you are the love of my life, and she has lots of um. Of emotions because she's lost and then she's angry and then she's so sad and then she she feels the, the the emptiness and at the end she just say like, okay but now I'm feeling that I don't I can't breathe and at the end she dies and that that's so beautiful how we can see all these emotions she's going she's going through and um how at the end everything is just living, and um, all this energy is just leaving her and we can really feel that in the music. I'm really happy of the um, of the um, the last um effect, and because we we just received the the first round of the um, edits, ah, yeah, yeah, of the edits. yeah. So I could listen, and I was so scared because I was like, okay, this yeah. is for me the most uh, important piece for me in the CD when we can really see, um, because also since I am in Juilliard, I have a new teacher Edith advance. I love her so much, <laughs> and <laughs> she 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 helped me a lot to change with my voice, and in this piece we really can hear that that's not my voice has changed. I have the 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 same voice, but the the technique and how I use it is different. It's more open. Mm. It's more. I think if you hear me uh, some years ago and now, it's like more grown-up woman. Yeah. It's normal for everybody but i'm so yeah. happy to have found that and to be able to really show that in in one piece i i gave you a um a piece uh who's on spotify and we can see that the um, the singer is changing colors because also of the emotions but the music is not really changing and he he's changing the music with the emotions of the character because it's not someone playing and you do your thing no it's everything together and that's amazing
3: Ay, que me sento el cor, dal cor divino.
0: one thing i really love about this aria is um the fact that the the intervals that they're using um that d uses really make the singer be able to like sigh and like really cry when they're singing all these falling intervals that just you then just kind of go oh this kind of really anguished like just really really sad and pleading and and then and then that just gives you so much opportunity to change you know yeah. the way that you interpret that as well I mean
2: yeah.
0: it must be an amazing thing to to record and be able to have that freedom to to really go on the journey
2: mm. and I love also because there are so many times where there's a lot of text and it's on the yes. same note
0: so yes. when you were
2: like okay but then when you see with the emotion, she's angry. So you have just to go fast, and she's speaking. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> like hysterical
3: kind of.
1: Yeah. So, like, looking at the page, just looking at what's written down, that doesn't really give you, uh, like, if you just did what was written on the page yeah. exactly. Mm. it would it wouldn't work it's super boring yeah
2: yeah okay i am super sad thank you so much for that (laughs)
3: the end I'm dying. (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no i'm so excited to hear your recording of it it's going to be great (laughs) it comes out (laughs) and what what are the some of the kind of challenges that you think you have with going like so this this piece was written what is it Sixteen twenty yeah, 23 yeah. yeah so that's a long time ago <sighs> <laughs> do you like do anything in your mind to to get into that century like to feel like you're kind of in that world or do you or do you try to make it feel relevant to yourself now to get into those emotions
2: it's more I really do this for the emotions about the the character, and really, I it's a it's a work that we are doing in the in the Juilliard in my class. Like we we when I told you, like we find the the heart of the emotional of the character, and here there are so many parts. So I have for each part, I have to find what emotion um, does the character have, and then when I found this emotion, I am like that. Okay, so. She's feeling uh, abandoned in French. C'est abandonné. Oh, abandoned. Yeah. Yes. It's abandoned. <laughs> and I have to find in my own life a a moment when I felt like that, and like that. It's not Julie trying to be Didon. It's Julie um, putting. I'm I, I am in my own emotion. So it's my um, my way of being abandoned. And then I sing like that
3: yeah mm-hmm. it's
2: more personal, but it's also true because it's what I see that the character is at at this time, and i uh, I interpret that with my way in my way,
0: yeah, I guess that's an amazing thing about um this kind of music where even though it's four hundred years old, it can still it's still so relevant to us, and you know it really gets to the core of our yeah. emotions that we all have.
2: And we had several instruments, so also we could change. We can change. We had a harp, a therob, um, an organ, a nice. uh, viola. So we, we we can change. We don't have to be every time, every time the, the, the same.
1: Yeah. And that also helps bring out the different emotions. Yeah. It, the, the instruments you use change the way it sounds, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this composer, Sigismondo d'India, de, de I did not know of him before you brought this in. First of all, what, what is the deal about him? He was a contemporary of Monteverdi. And do you know why his last name is de India? Like, do you know where that comes no. from? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so, I have a theory that may be completely untrue, but indulge me for a second. De India literally means of India. So, I wonder if his name was connected to the spice trade route from India through Italy to the rest of Europe. Sicily, where D'India was born, was one of the main stopover points in the spice trade route in the 17th century. So maybe his family was somehow involved in the spice trade, or were even descendants from India? Obviously, there are many problematic issues surrounding the spice trade route, but historically, often people were named after their descendants, as it were and since we basically know nothing about dnd's life there's no way to prove that my theory isn't true and it sounds plausible to me anyway as you were
2: yeah it's it's composer who's not really known so i think it's for that that um, leonardo wanted to do that to make the world discover that there is not only monteverdi <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah yeah monteverdi was like so
1: famous and this guy we really don't know but yeah. of course there were many good composers at that time yeah
2: but it's always like that there is a star and there are the others yeah
1: yeah
0: must have been hard to compete with Monteverdi imagine being the other dude trying to like (laughs) write cool music at the same time as Monteverdi (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah true it's interesting that you brought in this piece just because it's um it's such a classic story it's a classic greek story that then so many composers have written this lament over and over and over again so it's cool to see like a different one than there's a super famous one by Purcell, right? Mm-hmm. But um we it's cool to it's cool to hear a different one by somebody I don't know from yeah. a different yeah place, different time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um shall we look at the second one then?
2: Yeah. Yeah. something completely different yeah this second one is more like if I can say this is my baroque life and then uh for the second one the fairy uh in Cendrillon it's more my new life (laughs) What, what I want to because when I was 15 I was um when I learned really the the technique of singing at the Conservatoire of Avignon I I began with the with the classic I was singing um like the, um, the doll in of, uh, by Offenbach then um, uh, L'Acme de Libre mm. and then I went to Baroque so I stopped to do that and now I want to go back because I-, I would like to have a career with recordings of the CDs, to be able to do concerts, recitals but also to do opera <laughs>
1: The second aria Julie brought in is A Douce Enfant sung by the fairy godmother in Jules Massenet's opera Cendrillon, or Cinderella. Massenet was a 19th century French composer, so we've now skipped ahead 276 years and moved a bit further northwest and changed languages. Interestingly, though, the text of the Cinderella story that Massenet used was written at about the same time as De India was composing in the 17th century. As this aria is sung by
0: the fairy, as Julie refers to her, it's quite acrobatic for the singer with lots of fast and high runs up and down. Julie was just talking about studying baroque and classic repertoire. She doesn't actually mean from the classical period necessarily, in this case she's just talking about the standard arias that singers learn while they're in school.
2: And really it's um because I want to do classic, but I don't want to do like I was working like me when I was young. But now I know that maybe the whole character for now is not for me because I'm too young, and that it's really uh, um she's always here in the on the stage and it's a big role. Yeah, so for me yeah. to begin, it would be more a Despina, Susanna, um the. Um, the maids in Mozart opera.
0: Yeah, the younger roles.
2: And the fairy is perfect because she she's here um in the middle of the opera to save Cendrillon. And then she has another thing a little bit before the end. So it's two interventions in the opera that are for my voice type and the and then the character I can do it as I want because it can be the the old fairy like we see in what, like, like what we saw in the cartoon of Sandrion. Yeah. But me, I am seeing it, um, I am seeing that more like, uh, a little Tinkerbell, a little fairy who's <laughs> having a lot of, of, um, I don't know, lutins, Lut lutins. Uh, that one I don't know. <laughs> it's them. Sorry,
0: Alf, we have no French. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Lutin, it's, um, they are little, um, characters who are, who are taking care of the um, present for uh, uh, Santa? Oh, elves! elves. <laughs> oh. Like, for me, I, I am, in my, because in the middle of the area, she's like, okay, so now I am, ordering, I am ordering you to do that, and I want you to do that, I want you to do that, to create that dress and to do that. She's really giving orders. So for me, she's giving orders to the elves. Yes. and Great. and we can see in the music that in the beginning that there are flows who are coming and it's like really like she if she's flying, and me I I am enjoying to think like okay so now I have to to be on flow oh my god okay, and and then <laughs> there there is so many noise and all the airs are flying everywhere it's like okay calm down now listen to me I, I I made my own story, in the music that is so it's a music that is so um with images and you you, you just have to pick some little things and then you, you make the images. what i love about that because um it's like for for dindia you i have to see in the emotions and in the, the text what she's feeling but here it's the, the the music uh when i really see because i also have the the text so i know what she's saying but so i'm like okay here she's speaking to someone and the music is giving me the ca- um how uh maybe how is the the character because it's not a heavy music she's not talking to a to some trolls or something like that. No, she's talking to little fairies like that, and we yeah, can see yeah. that in the music. Yeah, it's so funny to just make my own story of the, the of the um, the stage of what what's happening on the stage.
0: Yeah, and the music—oh my god—the music is so fairy-like. That's amazing that you you chose that as images because you know it's like so flitty and it goes—it's like acrobatic in a way as well. Like all these like arpeggios and sort of flying about, and then the the strings
1: and the flutes, like all the little strings doing all the fast, like, (laughs) and then the flutes, (laughs) yeah.
2: because when when we really can see when when she's saying stop now listen to me everything stops (laughs) there is no more flutes and it's like everybody's listening and then uh, she says i want you to do that to do that and then there is some music and it's like if everything was going organized So she has a lot of, of places where she has a lot of text and to say uh, what she wants. And sometimes she's like going in the air um, to have a, a long to new notes and like, oh, and she, she just wait like, I am the fairy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. So have you have you gotten to sing this in an actual production of this opera no. yet?
2: Now or... uh, for now I am because uh, for now I am working on audition areas. So mm. with my teacher we are we are we are searching what's what areas I have to find five or six, so yeah. six areas that are showing everything of my voice, everything of the emotions I can do everything, and what what's best for me on the stage. It's really, I don't have to find an area that's good for me. I have to find an area that if I sing into someone, a, state, a stage director or an opera director, he has to be, okay, this is really, really for you. The, an area that is mm-hmm. really, suited me really a lot. So it's hard. Actually, it's really hard because I have a lot of areas that I love that I did, but we were like, yeah, but someone can do it better than you. Even if this is really beautiful, someone can do it better than you because his voice will be better in that. And I love that because it's like a game. Like uh, we, are, I have so much repertoire. I sing to her, and she's like, "This is great. Oh, this is really great. This is better. Okay, we take that." And then we we put the the six areas to, together, and each one has to show something different, and to complete like that, it's not six areas that are really good for me, but that are the the same.
0: Yeah. And also for your time in your life as well. It's always going to change, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is a really nice thing about being able to just grow older and, you know, you change your personality, you change your interests and, like, one aria will be perfect for when you're 20, one will be perfect when you're 35, you know,
2: 60, yeah.
0: hopefully, also, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend, she, she told me that she, she was singing the same things that, that me and now she, her voice has really changed. Her voice was not for for these areas anymore. She can sing it, but then now her voice is really more lyrical because she 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 went older. She mm-hmm. went through other things, and so the body is changing, and so the voice is changing. It's really that that I love about voice, because yeah. I, I I will I know that I will not have to sing always the same thing. I, I love. To learn new things and to do always the same thing, it will be like okay, then I will be so boring. So it's what I, I, I have I want to do recordings, recitals, different operas, and then yeah, if my if my voice change, then yeah, I will be able to do other characters, and that's so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. And you you just did an opera like yeah. last week. What was that? I yeah. was uh, in mm-hmm. Titon et l'Aurore from Montjonville, in uh, Opéra Comique of Paris. It was my first time at the Opéra Comique and my first time with Les Florissant with William Christie. Wow. I wow. am so happy I did that. Yeah, it, it was so, it was amazing. And like, yeah, at the beginning I was so stressed. Yeah. And, um, like to make, to put everything with um the stage. Because you are you all, you are in the music. Because um, the director is asking you to change something, so you're really working on that. And you also have to do the the staging. But then the first time we we have we did the, um, the general with the costumes, the makeup, and the the hair. Because I had it was not my hair. I had a a peruke. I don't say that like a wig. Yeah, I had a wig. Wow. White. Right? Was it big? <laughs> yeah. And I was you know, yeah. I saw I saw photos. You were so glittery. You were so yeah. sparkly. And so then when I had that costume and everything with the the work they did, it's it was just how awesome. I'm like so so, so beautiful. Grateful. And thank you to give me the opportunity to to be a hundred percent in my character because I just can't be a hundred percent in my character when I wear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what character were you? I was La character of love and they they were telling me that I had to be so cute and also uh insolent insolent Mm -hmm. like because like 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 cupid the the little baby who's jumping everywhere and creating uh love stories so I had to be like that and uh it helped me really 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 a lot to have this costume because I, I I didn't have to be insolent and the the little baby Cupidant, I didn't have to make an image in my head to be that character. I just have to look myself and say, okay, because it was not the character was not a baby with the costume. It was a costume like uh Louise um the fourteenth mm-hmm. or the fifteenth and um all in silver. So it was it was like uh, a little bit like galon. Yeah. Yeah, but but insolent and, and cute and, and tight because we didn't really know if it was a, a boy or a girl, which age he has, but we knew it was young. So I, I could play with all that things that the, the costume was giving me and what uh, I had worked with the, the director for the music to be really in my, in my character. That was so great. This production really helped me to say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really what I want to do because when you are a lot. When when you when you did the first week when yeah it's a little bit stressing for everyone then you're just having so much fun <laughs> that's yeah. so
0: cool yeah so amazing
2: because you know all by heart you know all your music by heart so you don't have a problem with some notes on, or something no because you did all the hard work before and uh, I think this is something people forget is that it's there is so much work before me it was a little rule so I didn't had a lot to sing but. When you have a huge character, you have to learn everything by heart, and if it's not your language, me, I am so afraid of German. I want to learn German because I'm like, okay, to learn maybe uh, thirty minutes or uh, an hour by heart, um, it's oh, <laughs> I, I yeah. can do it. But it's I really have to 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 begin like two months before, three months late before to do all the work really good, uh, step by step. And not to be, okay, now I have to sing in German. No, I speak German. I really write the traduction. I speak, I speak, I speak. And then when I have um, all the sentences in my head, I can begin to sing. And um, yeah, and so this really helped me Find in my mind that this was really what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> that you, are, you are, you we have such a job. It's like ac- actors, like, like we, actors, are, yeah. we are. Yeah. We are jumping in someone else's mind, and body. I love that. Yeah. I am in someone new.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And if you were to like be Cinderella for this, um, you know, if you did this production sometime in your life, is there like a dream production that you would? You would want to do it with, like, with a pati- in a particular theater, or with a particular orchestra or director, and costumes, maybe.
2: I don't know. I don't really know. I know that some weeks before, I I, I don't know what because for me the the Metropolitan Opera, it's like the dream. <laughs> if sometimes, yeah, I, totally. <laughs> if when they have a production there, will would be like, my goal, I <laughs> is achieved. Yeah the the staging is just amazing it's <laughs> like oh, yeah this is so big <laughs> well they have the budget yeah totally when i was in new york uh last year because when i i when i did julia for the competition it was in december and i had the opportunity to stay there for three weeks and i went there with my mom and my aunt and we did christmas there and so we went, nice. yeah. And for Christmas present for my mom, I took two tickets to go to Le Nozze di Figaro from Mozart at the uh, at the Met. And Nadine Sierra, Nadine Sierra, she's a singer. Uh, she is um she was Susanna. I am in love with that singer, yeah. and I was so so happy to just see her that there. And she was with uh, Luca Pizarro. Uh, I hope it's say it's like that. And uh, he was Figaro, and they were having so much fun. And it was like, yeah, you have with your colleague, with your partner, you, you all know your parts. And if you know each other from before, it's easier. But if you don't know, you just have to to talk and to know each other. And then just to play together, it's a, a huge game. Uh Cendrillon from Masne. There is also a character. It's um uh she has she have uh stepmother, we say like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two step and two stepsisters. And one of them is soprano and they are so funny because they are they're into costume they can do you really ugly and you just have to play because you're mean and i, I love to do that
0: <laughs> yeah cinderella is such a great story it's got so many yeah. good characters where you can really like play around with things and be funny as well yeah, do it yeah different
1: ways yeah, yeah that's so true yeah um cool so we have one final question that we ask at the end of all of our interviews, um and that is is there a piece from another instrument's repertoire that you're jealous of?
2: Um, i think i I always listened to the pieces from Maramare for Viola for gamba, yeah yeah, for gamba. If I could learn another instrument, it could be that because you're like surrounding something it's so uh warm
0: yeah
2: and um. And how marie Marie was composing it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing.
0: Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So amazing. It's like having a warm bath.
2: If you want, I can send you a piece after of the thing. Uh, it's Le Badinage.
0: Yes, it's one of my
2: favorite pieces. <laughs> I'm just listening to that on and on and on.
0: <laughs> yes. I go through phases of just repeating that piece. Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. Oh, such a good choice i approve
1: <laughs> such a good choice yeah yeah please do send us your favorite recording of that we would love it yeah okay
2: Great.
0: <laughs> um and is there like a way that people can get in touch with you or get to know your work or support you
2: um i have a facebook page um julie rosé and then uh soprano and i am making my uh, my website it will go out Ooh. one on two months. i'm happy <laughs> yeah on or on instagram
1: or things like that <laughs>
0: yeah okay we'll put those in the show notes so people can find you
1: thank you um oh and the opera you just did is that still available
2: online to yeah, watch on uh-huh. medici.tv
0: Uh yes oh, okay. great I'll put that link yeah. as well yeah and it's yeah. free
2: you really you come you connect yourself with facebook or something like that and then you can watch awesome great uh, <laughs> wonderful so
1: thank you so much for being on this um podcast with us thank <laughs> you for calling me <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in to outside the music box we hope you enjoyed our chat with julie Rose. if so please subscribe rate and review this podcast and tell all your friends about it so that the algorithms can do their magic and spread the love We'd also love to hear from you. If you have any questions or want to share music that you love, you can write to us at concerts.musicbox at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Music Box Concerts and Twitter at Outside Music Box. Write in with comments or questions that you have and we'll get back to you. Big shout out to Joanna
0: Neuschatz for her help with editing, and another fun reminder to donate via our PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash outside music It's super easy to donate, and these
1: donations help keep the podcast running in lieu of advertising. In the show notes, we've included links to three Spotify playlists. One specifically for the pieces in this episode, and the others for all the pieces we've talked about on this podcast so far. However, we really encourage you to purchase music in order to support the artists. The best way to support Julie is going to her Facebook and Instagram, which we've linked in the show notes. You can also watch her perform in an opera at the Opera Comique in Paris for free on the Medici TV website, which we've also linked in the show notes. And you can purchase the new Holland Baroque CD featuring Julie on the Holland Baroque website, also linked in the show notes. See you next time outside the music box.